0: Everyone Ruckman here with another episode of Crew 3 Podcast. Of course, sponsored by our wonderful people over at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. If you sign up this week, actually, uh, with our $5 tier or higher, you'll have access to a little behind-the-scenes episode where we de- actually determined our top five cards, which you can see our top five cards for Pioneer and Zendikar Rising over on the YouTube at Crew 3 MTG. Of course, this is the podcast, and with me as always are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky, gentlemen, say hello. Hey. Hey, how's it going? I mean, it's going. I mean, Zendikar, Zendikar is in full swing. Um, I've been playing a lot, a lot of Scoot Swarm. Yep. And I don't think that will ever stop. Uh, have you guys been to join Zendikar? Obviously, we haven't talked a lot about the uh, the early the early access event, which is a heck of a lot of fun. Chris, we were hoping you could have been there, but uh, obviously things happen. Uh, Ricky, thanks for coming over for that. But hopefully we get all the boys together for Kaldheim.
1: That's right can do a live fantasy draft.
0: Yeah, we'll have all of the Viking hats we could want. All of them. Uh, Let's get into it. So before – actually, because obviously we record – usually record Monday. We record on Tuesday this week, uh, and all the news ever comes out on Tuesday. Maybe we should reconsider what we record. Right. (laughs) Um, We missed the announcement that, hey, um, you know, Ket Remastered wasn't the best limited format – and we want to learn from that, so we're going to put Cal the Master out first. And sorry, Pioneer Masters, and probably the Pioneer release on Arena. You're kind of getting pushed back to just TBD now.
1: Right, right, yeah. Ricky and I have the classic angel and devil conversation <laughs> on this. Uh, anything that I have an opinion on, Ricky typically has the opposite opinion. So,
0: so I I'm in the, I'm in the middle here. So why don't you guys sit on each of my shoulders?
1: Right. I'm clearly the angel in this circumstance.
0: Yes, so each of you debate your case here to me. So, Chris, I'll give you the floor first.
1: I'm going to translate this, okay? Uh, What this means is that Wizards saw that we are going to give them money no matter what, and they were like, hmm, we could just make a lot more money instead of putting Pioneer on Arena quicker, and instead we're going to delay it out more, and add more sets. So, like... Yes, there are some positives, don't don't get me wrong. And like I was initially table flipping upset about this announcement. Like I was extremely uh upset at the what I felt was overwhelming greed um at this thing, especially with how terrible Amon Cat remastered was. Like it was embarrassing draft format. It was the worst I've ever seen. And so, you know, but Ricky made some good points. He read he ran me back in a little bit, but this is ultimately no matter how you slice it, a move by Wizards because they want to make a ton of money on drafts like they did with Omiket Remastered before we figured out it was garbage. They're saying, okay, look, well, we're going to make a draft format that you're going to like because we know you're going to draft it no matter what, and we'll make a bunch of that sweet, sweet cash before we actually put Pioneer on Arena. Uh, and then I'll pass it over to Ricky. So
2: to me, yes, of course Wizards wants to make money. They're a company, and... They have reprint equity. They have, like, people who study economics working for them. Uh, Like, and it's not just paper cards that have value, but digital releases also have value. So, yeah, getting a few more releases is good for them as a business. But, like, overall, I'm, like, floored. This is, like, a positive thing for Pioneer on Arena. I was terrified that they were just going to be like, uh, well, here's Pioneer Masters, uh, you know, with great Pioneer playables like, um, I don't know, like the 5-mana five 5-3 five from Return to Ravnica with no abilities. You like that, right? Uh, you guys all play Prime Speaker Zagana, right? Is that what Pioneer is about? So, like, I am just like, I'd much rather take it slower. What's integrate slowly. Historic is there, and it's definitely not what Pioneer is. And I think that this will definitely keep keep the gap wider between Historic and Pioneer, which I do want. I want to see Historic be a completely different format and not people just be like, "Um, isn't like uh, Pioneer just Historic, but with less cards? Uh, I do not want that. So I think with like Jumpstart and other things like that, like cards like Phyrexian Tower and Muxus and like uh, really powerful cards that are only available in Historic that we could slowly add in cards before getting that big Pioneer Masters push and since Kaladesh was already there uh, when we originally tested MTG Arena, let's just turn that back on in another remastered set, and we're slowly going to build towards Pioneer. Um, I know some people think that it's too long of a wait, but like the Pioneer community exists already without being able to play it on Arena. They play on MTGO. They play through webcam events. You know, uh, I don't think we're going anywhere. I think we're we're dug in. It's a good format. Um, I think that. This gives them more opportunity to look at Pioneer, and I think it shows that they care about the format.
1: Sure, and and if they hadn't said directly, hey, we're trying to screw you guys over, I think that would be a fantastic argument. Like if, if they had said, hey guys, these are all the things that Ricky just said here, and this is what we believe, and this is what we're going to do, that would be amazing. But the fact that they came out and said, hey, we saw you guys draft a bunch, we want more of your money, so we're going to do it this way. Um, is the opposite of everything that that you just said. Like, I I think there are some upsides, but again, they just, the way that they said it made it very clear to me that that was the reason why. And so I just don't have a lot of faith. Like it was just, it would have been so easy to turn on both of these sets and make them draftable again or make them whatever again, uh, originally. You know what I'm saying? Instead of trying to shove other cards in there, which they did. They did that because they knew they were going to try and do Pioneer Masters. So they were going to put other cards in there. So again, just like the way that they said it, was very clear the reason why they're doing what they're doing.
2: Like, can you, like, give me, like, 60 rares and 15 mythics uh, that encompass
0: all of Pioneer? No, No, but you you know what this does, though? Because also you could downshift certain things. What right. this does, what you're saying, it's it's oh, now there's not gonna be a a three mana five. Like there's not gonna be dumb cards. By spreading out Pioneer more and adding more things, I think you're the you're gonna see Pioneer Masters be a lot more garbage. Look, I if Pioneer Masters is a fun draft for it, that's awesome. It'll help people and you know, like easier, it makes the 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 collection building experience a lot better. And something I have an issue with right now is Zendikar. The draft experience so far isn't great to me. You know, maybe I need a little more time with it. Maybe I should just be playing the best of three Qs to the best of one queues, But when limited of formats suck, it's hard to build a collection on Arena. Because you can't buy wild cards and you don't want to just buy packs. It's just horrible value. But at the same time, I would rather just Pioneer Masters be just 300 of the best cards in Pioneer. I don't care about a draft one. I just want the format on Arena. So by, you know, having spread out, sure, there's more chance for some of the wild, oddball cards to make it in. But at the same time, I just think you could just have a 300-card set and then through the anthology sets just keep adding cards that way. Because here's the thing, right? You don't have to have more releases that are going to be pioneer legal to make it separate from historic. It's going to happen that way over there because you can't tell me they're not going to keep having anthologies like – every two, three months going forward. There's going to be so much being put on Arena that, yes, just through natural synthesis of the format of different bannings, of just anthologies, like once every two, three months, it's going to be vastly different. It's already a vastly different format. I don't think adding some of the cards from Pioneer aren't going to make it more homogenous. I definitely, I I can see both
2: ends of it. Yes, definitely by spreading out releases, you open the floor for more, like, bad cards in Pioneer Masters. I was worried about like, like the public not opinion of the Pioneer. Yeah, right. Like when they release Pioneer Masters and they go, "This is Pioneer," and like in like everybody on Arena who has not been playing Pioneer uh, from the beginning or or like picked it up on MTGO, they're gonna look at it and they're just gonna say, "Oh, this is this is Pioneer, huh?" And like if there's cards missing or if there's like decks that aren't fully represented and stuff like that, it's gonna be like. I don't know, it looks like some jank format to me, you know.
0: We'll see. But also at the same time, right, I think Pioneer as a format could be bigger if it is on Arena because look, we we i stream a bunch, right? Like i stream for us, and honestly, mm-hmm. the more the longer we have to pioneer getting on Arena, the less I want to play Pioneer on stream because I just hate the MTGO interface so much at this point you also hate it oh my gosh
1: i I like ricky's points on it i just i think that they the reasons that they gave me make me upset like don't get me wrong like i think there's definitely some positives here there's definitely some silver linings like and and my main problem with it is the reason that they did it because it, it there are so many better ways than not only what they are doing but what they even what they were doing before right like even with pioneer coming the way it was I wasn't super happy, but hey, I was getting it. So again, I was going to be quiet just like when I got my bands. You know, I was going to be like, all right, I'm not going to complain too much because ultimately I got what I wanted. So here we go. I'm ready. So the fact that they just said straight up, hey, like we're trying to get your money because we saw that you guys were going to draft a bunch. It's like at this point, who cares? Like like you said, just make it an anthology. Make it a hundred rares. I don't care. And just, you know, throw it out there and let us play it.
2: Also, my question is... um if they put out every Pioneer card right now, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: y'all got the wild cards for them? Yes. You do? Actually, I believe Chris might actually have the wild cards for every (laughs) card in Pioneer. No, no, for sure. But, like, if, like, the way the game works is that the dailies and the weeklies, they build you towards uh, enough gold, enough currency to get some wild cards. Not saying that it's perfect. It's not a handout kind of game. You will have to spend money eventually. But, like, um, it's a lot easier to be, like, hey, if you can spend eight wild cards here for your thoughts, season Collecting Companies and a couple months, we'll ask you for eight more wild cards. You know, I can save up those eight wild cards every couple of months, right? But like yeah. if they were to release a Pioneer Masters, they're like, uh, you got 38 wild cards? And I'm like, I don't.
1: And that's definitely true, but like the longer they go, like, yeah, you can slowly build up a collection, but you could slowly do that anyway, right? Like you could build a budget Pioneer deck if Pioneer is your favorite format, play that, build up the cards and go on in the same amount of time that it's taken them a year to release the whole entire set, right? Like I think people would rather have all the cards available so they can build the deck they want to build, either putting $5 a month into Arena, setting $5 a month aside to buy the Anthology section that they want right because if you have the anthology part was like you could just buy the cards. so like i i see what you're saying but like in that case i just feel like it's the same as if you just released them at one time and let somebody be like oh look here's what i want to be building towards this is my goal instead of right. having to like every couple months be like okay here's a new draft format i gotta play that to like try and go infinite to try and get this thing i also don't think we're going to see any
2: other remastered mm-hmm. after kaladesh i do think that pioneer masters is coming sooner than later, uh, I think it makes sense that like uh, like if you try to take like cards that are good from Kaladesh into Pioneer, you've got like Chandra, Fatal mm-hmm. Push, Gonti sees some play, mm-hmm. like there's a bunch of cards like uh the, the two mana, two, three, lifelink, death touch, vampire. Um like there's a bunch of cards. Oh gifted. Of of the yeah. Yeah, gifted of, of the born. Uh, that do see Pioneer play. Mm-hmm. You know, Heart of Kieran sometimes. Right. Um so like Rooter Scooter. that's a lot of pioneer play (laughs) too much yeah um so like i feel like there's so many cards in that set that are like enjoyed like the entire energy archetype if that is ever going to happen in pioneer you need all those cards again uh so it's like it makes sense to not have to bog up your master sets with cards that are already programmed into the game right sure so i think the the flip the switch here are the cards again do you want to draft it if not, you know, do you have uncommons for your fatal pushes and mythics for your Chandra's, you know, right. and move on, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah, sure. And again, like, if that was the plan before, I'm down, right? Like, if they just said, hey, we're going to hit you back-to-back, Amonkhet, Kaladash, they're already in, you could turn it back on, great. But the fact that they just saw results and were like, wow, you guys spent a bunch of money drafting Amonkhet, I bet you'll spend more money if we actually make put any amount of effort into making it draftable. Yeah, we will, because we kind of have to. I just, I don't like the argument behind it.
2: Like, I don't expect Magic Origins
0: Remastered to come back out, you know? My thing is, look, if it's draftable, that's great. Again, when thing, when the set is draftable, and it's easy. Not easy, but if it's it's easy and it's enjoyable to play right, you can grind out drafts. I, you know, we all here got a lot of M21 cards because we all enjoyed M21. It was a great way to build your collection, right? So I do want Pioneer Master to be a home run draft format. But at the same time, I'd rather it be a worse draft format instead of just being Modern Masters 1 or one of the Modern Master sets, which are a draft set first. And then you get like, I don't know, 10 relevant cards in the set. For sure.
1: I, I think that a lot of the problem is that like, like drafting is fun, but drafting on Arena is not that fun. Like M21 was great, but there's a lot of formats like some formats that I claim are like really bad. Some of them I think are bad because of the arena environment. Like, I think Icoria live draft, I didn't get to play it, but I think it would have been really fun if it wasn't for, like, every opponent having every grand removal spell because it's just, like, you're not playing from a, a, a same pool of cards like drafting was meant to do. So, like, right. I like the new Zendikar draft format because, like, I kind of just force the same thing every time because it's kind of always open, and it's it's, like, fun to play when you, like, you know, identify the key cards, but the problem is, like, the arena draft is just, like, again, like, how many times did I just like get a couple bomb rares and blow my opponent out with those that I shouldn't have really had. And so again, it's just like arena makes drafting really not fun because of the way that it's done and they just do it for convenience. So I think that makes a lot of things harder.
0: It's the same thing as any other limited league style, right? right like it is. It because Arena to the wants style. to be convenient and you yep. can't play in a pod, right. you, you're just going to run these things, which is why I think I haven't tried it yet. I'm probably to do that this weekend, is try the best of three and see if that feels better because yeah. best of one isn't doing it for me on Zendikar right no, now. I understand.
1: I understand. Yeah, At All least right.
0: it's not MTGO uh, league drafting. Do you guys remember that monstrosity? Yeah, but people are also like talking about doing it again in Arena where you just like fill a queue yeah. with eight people, right? Mm-hmm. yeah but it's imp- it's hard like you can't do it in arena yeah you can no it's not forming one queue at a time like an mtgo i even when they weren't trying it i watched loading ready run on a stream all hit go at the same time and they all got in the same queue and so you're gonna try to tell me that if the like community that wants to just do this spikily like for reasons can't do it you're out of your mind I don't think it works like that. I, I mean, of course, I don't know the coding or anything. People and are claiming they
1: the can get it to the same ones. Like,
2: uh, I've never been able to like actively
0: like both of us press go and we both end up in the same live draft. Is it, is it harder? Yeah, you have to roll the dice on how many cues are part at the same time. But is it still possible if you have the time and effort just to, oh, we all didn't get in here, just quick exit out, exit out, exit out real fast. You could do it. Well, it doesn't
2: show you who you're with until... Uh, right, until you hit ready. Until everybody is hit ready.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think it's still a thing that could happen. I, people not are planning as, that's what
1: they're doing. There's it's not on as, it's not like, as easy, do.
0: but it can still happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously that wasn't the only news because today just announced, uh, you know, someone's got an eye on their back. Got to look over their shoulder because bands are probably coming to standard.
1: Yeah, that's the announcement they made. Um, I have plans to fly to Seattle um a little bit later this week to get the scoop on what's going on and if we can expect anything in pioneer so expect a uh special report from me next week it may be exciting it may not be just given the nature of what it is but uh yeah at this point you know i've got my ins we've got our reservations at olive garden so we'll see what happens
2: you know what i've been thinking about it i think the ban is going to be scoos it just like Scoop it, it can exile Oro scavenging ooze. Yeah, so like it can exile Oro out of graveyards,
1: right? Right, and that's just and too strong. like
2: like what happens if I my Oro gets exiled from my graveyard? Then I've only drawn a card, gained three life, and put an extra land into play, and that's, and that's, not that's just fun not enough value. You yeah, know? that's
1: not fun. That's, I just
2: yeah. I think cling to dust also might be on the ban list. I think that also can exile an Oro. I think I'm not sure. Maybe it does. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'd probably ban those cards so that way I can definitely just cast my Uro. Yep. And like never have to worry about not casting it again, you know?
1: Yep. I think you're right. Um I actually think the real play here, just because you know we need to make a ramp stronger, is to go ahead and just make Uro a companion and then oh, just go yeah. ahead and revert the companion changes. Okay, okay. And then just make it so that the Uro companion clauses that you have a forest in play.
2: Oh okay okay yeah. Just as long as I play decks with forests in them, I well, get Uro in my opening hand. No,
1: that would be too strong. You have to have a forest in play, okay, oh, okay to right, get right. Your, to play your Uro. Okay, we can't be having all kinds of willy nilly Uros coming out here. You know what I'm saying? We need to have some kind of balance in there. Um, but real talk, like it's most likely that Uros getting the axe here. I, I don't see they want to sell these new cards. Um, I've seen some complaints. I know this is going to be a little bit of a tangent that don't make sense to me about complaining about all oh, the sets, not even out yet. and We're banning cards. And I mean, that's a good thing. Like they should have figured this out before, right? The set I, came Uro
0: should have been banned six months ago. Right. Like Uro the, has been out
1: long enough for sure. And, and I agree with you, but I, I think like the combination of new cards. Yeah. I mean, ultimately you're right. It's just it's been, it's been dominating for so long and they've refused to, but it's a new card. They want to sell their cards. And, and I get that, but just, I don't, I was not um, a fan of the argument that, hey, you know, the set's not even out yet and we're already talking about bans. Yeah, because there's arena games happening now. They, some people are like, oh, I don't like the streamer preview event. The faster we can figure out information, the better. And that's the just a fact. The
2: preview event is 24 hours before the live launch on Arena.
1: Right, right. And so, like, I, I really was confused by, by the arguments that I saw by, by high-level, um, you know, players and players just or people in high positions in the magic community talking about this. And it's just like, why would you not want information available as soon as possible? I, I, right. I just don't get it, right? Like, if you're figuring out that something's banned, why do you want people to suffer for longer to be like, oh, wait, like, and I get this because you're trying to prevent an overreaction. But when you see something like this, come on, right? Like, it's not like we're crying wolf. When this card has been terrorizing formats for
0: months, you know? Yeah hey, how how much of a genius level intellect do you have to have to see Uro plus Lotus Cobra plus Omnath equal real good? Yeah,
1: yeah, for real. I mean, I just, like I said, it's like, it, it's not like we're crying wolf here. These are cards that have, you know, been, Uro's been dominating for forever. We've been banning cards in standard a bunch recently. There's precedent set you know what i'm saying this has been happening for a while it's not like we've had no standard bands for 10 years and all of a sudden everybody just up in arms about something i mean you know standards looking real rough i saw a top 16 where 10 or 11 of the top 16 were a mirror 75 like Like all the same
2: i mean like 2010 magic was cool and let me tell you when like nasif or whoever who's really good in the magic maybe it was chapin you know you know Zendikar just came out and there's a big tournament. And everybody's like, ooh, what you going to play? Goblin Guide looks pretty good. And he goes like, Dark Depths tapped Urborg Vampire Hexmage. You know, and everybody's like, oh, nobody even thought of that. Like right. on camera at an event. That was really cool. But those days are so gone. Right. Like, you remember New Phyrexia? People had the entire, like, Splinter Twin deck built before pre-release of New Phyrexia.
1: Yeah. I remember, like, like LSV's first top eight was elves and only half the room knew about elves because uh what was the new card tap three elves no oh. that
2: wasn't even the new card the new card uh it was just like nobody played uh extended
1: right oh extended, extended was a new format the time, so it was either right? you found the elves or you didn't that's right yeah yeah so like half the people had you know elves and so like that was the top eight you either knew about elves and if you didn't know about elves because the groups were you know private then you just didn't right. get to play that Pro Tour, you know. Your skill right. had nothing to do with it. You weren't in the right groups to know about elves.
2: It was even actually. It was the Nettle Sentinel. Nettle
1: Sentinel, yeah, yeah. Nettle mm-hmm.
2: Sentinel was the card that went off. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, "Even tied such a weak set." Like on during pre-release, I remember mm-hmm. like everybody, like up to pre-release of Even just being upset about how weak the set was. And then it's like, "Well, the best card's a common. It's the Nettle mm-hmm. Sentinel." You know, right?
0: right. All sure. right, so so let's wrap up this other format talk. Uh, besides Uro. Do you think they need to look at any other card? Because even without Uro, um, I think that Omnath deck is still really good. Man, but like Omnath,
2: like it can come down on, if you turn two Lotus Cobra on turn three, Mm -hmm. if you Fabled Passage, you can Omnath, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty crazy. Like you had to have three cards in succession and one of them is like the most killable card in the entire format, right?
1: yeah. If you turn to a Lotus Cobra, any, any turn three land gets you there. I mean, assuming you have the right colors, right? It costs four. Right. I, I,
0: I've been playing the most fair Scoot Swarm deck I think you can play. And just like, Uro's is just kind of okay, right? Like, all we are doing is just a bunch of ramp spells into Scoot Swarm. That's maybe a Parcel Beast, maybe a Migratory Great Horn, And it still feels like the most busted right. thing to be doing. I think that Uro is definitely the best card in the deck, though. Still. Uro is, but, like, I mean, it's it's kind of different, though. Like, well, in, in different decks, right? Like, Uro is still very good. But I think, like, Omnath getting you into Escape the Wilds or Multiple Genesis Ultimatum. For sure, for sure. No, like, Omnath is definitely also a really strong magic card. Now, I don't think they're banning Omnath because, again, it's kind of the post-child of the, the set that just came out. Right, yeah. Because as of, like, technically right, you know... Obviously, there's not a lot of paper going on. So technically, the set's already standard legal, right? If we're just considering the fact that everything's on Arena. Mm-hmm. Right. But the set is going to be standard legal today, the day this podcast comes out, not the day we're recording. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I, I know we're a Pioneer podcast, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but honestly, like... Uh, I
2: thought there, this, we were a this, Rhino
0: this, podcast. This, this matters, though, because we'll get to it. On that's already making big waves in Pioneer because surprise, there's, surprise, right? There's, like, two big mechanics in the New Zendikar set, right? I mean, there's Kicker.
2: Kicker's cool, mm-hmm. but it's not, yeah. like, a mechanic. They put some, like, Kicker payoff cards, but it's not a mechanic. Um, the two big mechanics are Party and Landfall, right? hmm And, like, in Landfall, they gave us Lotus Cobra. They gave us Omnath, Retreat to Feldiar, Valakut Exploration, all these really cool Landfall cards, right? Mm-hmm. And then you didn't you like, didn't say Scoot Swarm and Scoot Swarm, sorry, and Scoot Swarm. Yeah. And then in party, uh, they gave us a tapped land. Right. I just, <laughs> I just think that like Omnath comes into play, draws you a card, gains you four life, gains you four mana, and Base Camp enters the battlefield tapped.
1: Yeah, yeah. We've...
2: Can we a Base Camp? Like it's it's really embarrassing. The party decks aren't even going to be close to this power level and you just kick them da- while they're down it's like no this four mana this four color omnath that's fine your aggro deck that wants to be three colors unacceptable Tapped land for you okay mm-hmm. you know like worse worse unclaimed territory and like it comes into play t- i think base camp is the biggest meme of this
1: entire set yeah, i i think I think we kind of started all like all this because like I remember who was playing it. Somebody was playing, it. maybe Ricky. You were playing it on stream, and like I was like, "Wait, that comes into play tapped." <laughs> it's just like what, and that's when we kind of started talking about it so much because like you're you're absolutely right. I mean that that coming into play tapped was probably one of the more embarrassing card decisions that I that I've seen, given how like free mana is. Like, if you want to ramp or play ridiculous control strategies or scoot storm strategies or anything like that, like, then mana's not a problem. But should you want to party in the face of Wrath and a bunch of removal spells, well, you're going to have to fight extra hard for it, you know? Like, if you want to play bad tribal, right? well
2: then, you know... You better work for it. You that's know. exactly
1: right. You better go to eternal formats to do it because uh, you can't do it standard with our comes a play tapped tricolor land or whatever. All
0: right, all right. That that's enough of this. Let's yep. let's kick it over to the pioneer meta. We had two challenges this weekend. We're not going to go into the league because we have our own deck list to talk about, um, and the the meta game is still pretty much in flux here. So let's take a look at these two challenges. And hey, it looks like. Allied lands are pretty good, (laughs) because look here, Slezny Auras playing four of the new Pathway, and Gruul playing four of the new Pathway, took down each one, one of the challenges each, right? And um, Chris asked me if I loved the look of the Gruul deck. It's already sleeved up. You don't even have to ask.
1: Right. It's already there. You already It's already there. You already Uh,
0: Outside of this, hey, we were right, some of the mythic lands are showing up in some of these decks oh, hey, look at this. Here's Omnath and Nivtalite and Teamer Reclamation that we're now just splashing white for because why not? It's free. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Fret's looking already playing a lot of Zendikar because why not, right? Lotus Cobra's in there too. Uh, we're definitely, there's a lot to see here how it unfolds, but I do appreciate the fact that sometimes just the good old aggro decks playing some better lands get to win the day. I mean, there we go. Have you seen the new Naya Winota?
2: No, I haven't, actually. I mean, you get Branchloft Pathway, Crag Crown Pathway, and Needle Verge Pathway. Oh, all the untapped Your Sacred lands. Foundry, Stomping Ground, Temple Gardens, and then three mana confluence. That mana is looking sweet. No tap lands. We ain't tapped. Uh, and we're yeah. playing four Lotus Cobra. Oh, because that's a non-human. It's a non-human. And it lets us play Winota on turn three and then also swing. Oh, jeez. Like, if you... Like even if you don't ramp with your with your elf, like if you just play your elf on turn one and then mm-hmm. you play your Lotus Cobra on turn two, like turn three could just be boom Winota swing elf Lotus oh. Cobra. Oh my and gosh, let's that's see so what good. we spin the wheel. That's so good. Like this deck, this deck seems sweet, and we got Eldritch Evolution. I mean, that's the that's the way to find uh, uh, Winota uh, better than Neoform in my opinion because you can go two up. Yeah, yeah. This deck looks sweet again. Uh, Not that it's never not looked sweet, but, like, now with, like, a mana base that doesn't, like, uh, tapped everywhere. Mm -hmm. Or doesn't, like, oh, like, branch, like, you can always hit your green on turn one. Like, you can Mm -hmm. always hit it. Like, with Crag Crown and Branch Loft Pathway, like, you're never not hitting green on turn one for your elf, you know? Sure. You don't even have to play Goose anymore. People are playing double elf.
0: I don't know. I still like Goose a little bit, but, you know, mana's good enough now. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I will note that our our, pi- our Discord was very happy to see, uh, oops, all spells 5-0 a league. So round of applause for the, <laughs> from the Discord for that deck. I know they're very excited to see that. Uh, we'll take a l- bigger look at these deck lists as we continue to develop in the coming weeks, obviously. But this week, we came with our own deck list like we usually do in the first when the set comes out.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. We each
0: took some of the new cards. We built some deck lists. Who wants to go first? I can go first. Okay, you want to go first? What I do you got, Ricky? A blue-black rogue deck.
2: Okay. Um, so we're just, like, looking at uh, Thieves Guild Enforcer here from M21. I know it's an M21 card. Uh, card's insanely good. Whenever a rogue comes into play, it mills our opponent, two, And as long as they have eight cards in the graveyard, we are a 3-2 with Death Touch, and we have Flash. So we are, like, the new Delver, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Glint Sleeve Siphoner is a rogue from Aether Reborn. Right, two revolt. mana, whatever. <laughs> Reborn Revolt. Who cares? Uh, two mana, two one menace. Whenever it attacks or enters the battlefield, we get energy. As being ever upkeep, we can pay two energy to draw a card and lose a life, aka uh, he's like Bob every other day. Right. Um, so that's a very good card, and in multiples, he's Bob every day.
1: Yes, um, yes he is. But you only lose one life, which is relevant.
2: Acquisitions Expert is just an on tribe drainpipe vermin, and honestly, just like never undervalue a drainpipe vermin, in my opinion. Uh, Soaring Thought Thief is a card that has been, uh, in testing and standard, insane. Uh, But it's a 2 mana 1 3 flash flyer. And as long as our opponent has eight or more cards in their graveyard, rogues we control get plus one, plus oh. So that concludes himself. So if our opponent has eight cards in their graveyard, uh, he is a two, three flash flyer. And whenever one or more rogues attacks, including himself, each opponent mills two cards. Uh, This guy is a lord, but he's also just a small threat on his own. Constantly mills our opponents uh, to get us to the eight. So I think that guy's pretty darn good. Uh, brazen borrower is also known to be a good card three of that uh rankles a rogue so we're playing two rankle one gonti there was like a build i was looking at where we played more like uh quickling which is also a rogue to like bounce cards back and stuff and gonti was more of a player in that build but i think a one of gonti is still very good uh just really solid card that gets you another card from our opponent's deck um and then we've got just like Zareth san at the very top end here who lets us ninjutsu for rogues. And if he deals combat damage to our opponent, we get to cast one of their permanents, or not cast, we put it into play under our control from their graveyard. So he's the payoff for the mill. Just a two of, he's not not bad. He's definitely very good. It's just, uh, it takes a little bit of finagling to get him to be in the right position because four mana could often be you tapping out. But if your opponent is tapped out, this card is definitely worth it. We can also just flash it in. At the end of our opponent's turn, if they don't have a blocker, he also does not die to push, which is nice.
1: What was the best uh, ninjutsu guy activation that you've ever gotten? You think, Ricky?
2: Um, I think I stole a dream trawler once on turn
1: four. Oh yeah, uh, from a one saffron olive. One saffron olive. The same saffron olive from MTG Goldfish. Uh, that same one. Wow, pretty amazing. If you want to see that, you'll be able to see it soon from our stream highlights from our uh, streamer preview event or whatever content creator preview event that we were a part of where, yeah, we uh, we made him discard a Dream Trawler and then immediately on turn four, we stole his Dream Trawler and we won that game. We did. I believe, uh, believe he immediately gave you the GG's after that. He one. did, but he kept playing. It was still shatter, a very close game. <laughs> and, uh,
2: we had to play out the rest of the game, but the deck was... It was... <laughs> uh, we're also just, like, playing good cards in blue-black because we're in blue-black, and as we learned from Inverter of Truth, uh, you can just play good cards in those colors. So we're playing two Liliana, The Last Hope. Sure. Uh, let's us buy back any of our key cards from our graveyard. Uh, four Fatal Push, four Thought Seas, uh, four Drown in the Lock. Uh, Drown in the Lock, of course. A Counterspell for anything with CMC less than the number of cards in their graveyard, or a Smother for anything CMC less than the number of cards in their graveyard. Very versatile spell, very strong. Yeah, all-star card. All-star card. And then card. we're playing 23 lands, but two of them are hiding in our spells. Uh, one of them is a glass pool mimic, uh, and the other one is Agadim's Awakening, because the blue mythic land is just not good. So
0: I, 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 We say that, but man, the more I see all the team redex playing four of them, I'm just like, oh no! <laughs> it's I guess like technically for them, it's like
2: brilliant ultimatums, like five and yeah. six. Yeah. Not even. So, I don't know. And then we're playing, of course, Clearwater Pathway. We're going to take advantage of that Pathway land uh, to Aether Hub just because uh, it gives us the color we need on the turn we need it, and it also plays well with our Blint Sleeve Siphoner.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds so,
2: good. That's, that's my deck.
1: I yeah. love it. I like I like the rogues. I think the rogues have a chance, especially with... But it's just like Dragon Walk is so strong.
2: It is like. a really strong card, and our creatures are very strong. They're not like the biggest creatures. That's the only problem I find with this deck is that sometimes, um, at least when I'm playing in standard, sometimes your creatures aren't threats enough. But I feel like with this build, um, your creatures are definitely a lot more threatening. Uh, we're not playing any one-mana, one-one flyers or uh, one-mana, one-one non-flyers that mill our opponents to. Uh, our opponent will hit eight cards naturally. Are you into Uro, though?
0: Uh, this deck is very afraid of Oro. Okay. Um, so hopefully yeah. we get an Oro ban like, at the same time as Standard. Right. Yeah, or we need to play more Graveyard. All but right. uh, that's my deck. Who wants to go next? Sounds good. Chris, what do you got?
1: Um, I have got the promised Selesnia Counters deck that I would update. Um, I do have a another deck that I am going to be working on. Uh, and I will give you the two words to that real quick that you're not going to believe Yori and Rhinos. So let that percolate. That. Let that percolate in your brain a little bit because that's coming to you pretty soon. But for today, we've got the deck that I've been thinking about since I've seen uh, Luminarch Aspirant spoiled, and that is Selesnya Counters. And then, as Ruckman brilliantly pointed out, wait, Luminarch Aspirant is a human. And one of the very first videos we did for Crew 3 on YouTube was a collected company Selesnya counters list that features Thalia's lieutenant. And it was insane. It didn't focus on the counters aspect. I think it focused on Heliod. That was that version of the deck. Is that right, Ruckman?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It was the Heliod combo, I'm pretty sure. So the, it was the Heliod combo deck, but just we were extremely impressed with all Lieutenant. The card is insane. Um, Luminarch Aspirate being a human, we're like, what other humans are there? So here's a card again we've talked about a little bit before, I think. But just in case you guys weren't listening, Experiment 1 is a human. So this list is for Experiment 1, four Servant of the Scale, which was already a card worth considering putting in the deck, and it happens to be a human, so amazing. The only non-human creature in the deck is going to be Conclave Mentor, but that's just because it's a Hardened Scales copy. Um, you guys are familiar with that. Luminarch Aspirant, the new 1-1 Cleric for a colorless and a white. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put a plus-1, one, plus-1 one counter on a creature that we control. Thalia's Lieutenant. Obviously, when it comes into play, put a Pulse and Pulse counter on each other human you control. We're going to play a lesser-known card called Maul Fist Revolutionary. Had to dig deep on the gather for this one. This one, you could replace if you find a card you like better, but I like this one for its stats. It's uh, it's a colorless green-green for a 3-3 with trample, and when it comes into play, um, you don't quite proliferate. You proliferate on one target permanent when it either enters the battlefield or it dies. But it's a human. We have a lot of other things that give plus one, plus one counters. And it's got trample. And that's been the number one thing I've seen decks have a problem with is trampling over when they are the counters player. So like, you do want to have some kind of way to give trample or some way to push through because it's very hard to when your opponent's just making a bunch of scoop mobs or a bunch of tokens with their young Pyromancer and their Crocs deck or something like that. So that is something that I feel like is important, having trample or a way to give trample. Uh, and then for Tileless Tracker, for all the Tileless Tracker aficionados out there, just a very, very good human. And whenever we sack the clue, we get a plus one, plus one counter. So it's going to be getting us card advantage. It's going to be getting counters to be have some um, synergy with our Conclave Mentor. And then obviously the four Harden skills that are going to be in this deck. So for non-creatures, we're going to play two Dramoka's Command. You could also play two of the Ozolith. We're just going to play Dramoka's Command as the only form of removal that we have. It also puts a plus one, plus one counter. On something it could also nullify a burn spell assuming that that burn spell is not the um the new shock or the old shock that's in this format that prevents damage from being uh stops damage from being prevented you do have to wild slash you do have to have the ferocious for that the four power creature which doesn't always happen but it's there um and then for collected company um, I did want to have Cocoa in this deck just as a way, which is one of the reasons I wanted the Malfest as a as a three drop. So Coco may or may not be at its best here. I haven't played a lot with this deck. It was more of a theory crafting idea, but I just really, really like the amount of humans you get that also have counter synergies. There is that one awkward spot in Malfest Revolutionary, but again, it's a three drop. It's got trample. Um, it proliferates permanent when it comes to a player dies. So I do really, uh, really like this kind of low to the ground Coco version.
2: Is Malfest Revolutionary, the card uh, with the guy holding like the energy sword from Halo. Yes, yes. It is. I like that guy. That guy is great and limited.
1: Good memory. Yep. There's that. Uh, again, you can also play a version that ramps a little bit and hits that top end of the um, uh, one of the robots. Whatever, whatever that card was uh, begins with a V. It's the five mana four four that distributes to, uh, distributes possible, possible encounters. I forget what Ver- it's called.
2: Verdant Gearhulk. What's that? Verdant Gearhulk.
1: Yeah, the Gear Hulk, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. Gear hmm. Yeah, you could go you could go bigger if you want to and obviously take out the cocos, but uh, I just like Collected Company, it's been a very fun card to play with, so.
2: Collective Company is a, a card that you can play with. I would not call it a fun card, but some people
1: do. <laughs>
2: you
0: know you know what is fun though? What? Breaking Arena.
2: Yeah, you've been uh pretty into that lately. Yes. Man, are you
0: gonna break the mobile client? I'm going to break all the mobile – I'm going to break all the clients because (laughs) here for Pioneer, I bring you the Bant Scoot Swarm. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Bant Scoot Swarm? Ricky's going to be a little mad because the card I poo-pooed on, if you go listen to our uh, discussions and debate on how we got to our top five list, which is on the YouTubes currently – uh, there's a Patreon exclusive to the podcast, patreoncom mm. Uh mm. I poo pooed on a card mm. that is currently in this deck list.
2: Mm. Uh, <laughs> so
0: anyway, so we want to put a lot of lands into play. So we're not playing any mana dorks. We're playing four broil grazer because he's still in Pioneer. We're playing four lotus cobra because he's still pi- in Pioneer for now. We're playing four Uro titan of nature's wrath. We're playing three parcel beasts. Uh, that's just kind of a carrot for the deck I've been playing a lot in in Pioneer, now, or in Standard, I mean. Now, is it probably the best? Probably not, but if we get to put it on a Scoot Swarm and make a million Parcel Beasts, that's awesome. Hashtag right? Scootate. Because if you start ca- if you start copying the scoop skew- the scoop swarm with the parcel beast on, you make a bunch of parcel beasts, and also parcel beast it's a form of card advantage that also just could put a land into play, which is nice. So we're only on three of them. Uh, that could be at four, uh, but you know what else is still in Pioneer? Growth Spiral. So mm-hmm. that's at four. Cultivate, that's at four. Rolling rolling Regrowth, a card that we are kind of down on, but I've slowly grown to like more and more, especially in the Scutate decks, because it just puts two lands into play right, and we kind of just don't matter. Um, but in order to help us go big or go home, because I don't want to go home, and part of... I'm mm-hmm. hoping growth Spiral actually helps a lot of the issues that I've had with the deck online, and that you just kind of run out of stuff to do. So hopefully growth Spiral will keep digging us into stuff to do. Um, but... To help us, especially from Wrath Protection, because there's a lot more Wraths and things like that, in Pioneer, I'm playing 3 Felidar Retreat. Wow, it's like that card's, like, really good.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's
1: pretty garbage, actually.
2: That kitty is sitting on a skull. This is, this is Field of the Dead. Like, that cat... <laughs>
0: it's, okay, sure, but, like, it really takes a specific deck. You can't just be like, oh, you just slot everything, all right? So what is Felder well, Retreat? Yeah, Felder
2: in the the Dead decks, you had to make sure you're playing lands. <laughs> yeah.
0: Felder <laughs> or Retreat, right? So you landfall, you can then make a 2-2 two, two white cat beast token. But the reason I'm playing it is we get to put a 1-1 one, one counter on each creature we control. So we don't need as many scoots to kill our opponent. And those really creatures not... gain vigilance this turn. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Opponents can be dead anyway. Right. Um, because once you put three counters on 100 scoot swarms, what are they going to do? Uh, they can't double massacre worm you now. They yeah, they them. they can't <laughs> double massacre worms because let's be real here, it is kind of disgustingly easy to make scoot swarms. They get real big numbers, real fat. So the real mm-hmm. difference is I'm not playing. I'm not playing the landfall doubler. He's great in standard, right? Uh, but here, I think mm-hmm. we need more action. We needed to be able to find more of our combo pieces faster. Uh, Unfortunately, in this deck, we don't really get to play any of the spell lands. We do get to make use of Branchloft Pathway, just a couple of, uh, because we don't really need it. Felder Retreats are only white card. We obviously have to make sideboards, so we could probably have more white cards in there. So my mana base is two Botanical Sanctum, two Branchloft Pathway, four Breeding Pool, three Fable Passage, three Temple Garden, eight force, three Islands, one Plains, because we still need a lot of basics for our Cultivates and Roiling Regrowth. Mm Mm-hmm. So, we don't need as many as standard because we're not playing migratory great horn. Uh, but again, so this yeah, this is just trying to assuage some of the issues I had in the standard version where um we just need more things to do with having all the extra lands right. and we get to dig for more action.
1: The thing I like about this too is being in bant is it like the sideboard gives you access to don't go wrong, like tamer. I think you could have a, a strong argument for because then you could do like cutesy combo stuff where you don't let your opponent on tap with like a perfer or something. But yeah, one thing you could do here, as long as you kept your Scoot triggers in in check, would be play one of the white creatures that whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain a life. Yeah, in fact, you could play multiples because like if you've got two in play, then you know if your opponent does happen to massacre a worm, it doesn't matter. Like they just you're, you're back to zero. Um, hopefully they don't get to because you've got some felidar retreated uh, counters on yeah. them but point being like if you keep it to a reasonable amount and explode all at once like once your opponent's like dead or pretty close to dead then yeah. you can make it so that hey you're not getting you know massacre wormed for for 50 right like you can go to 40 yeah. lose one per token that you made and, and still live.
0: i i'm not so much worried about at massacre and pioneer as i am like just regular wrath effects sure i i think
1: i've seen more the only thing about that right now is i've seen more massacre worms than i have seen wrath effects between the people trying to reanimate it via sure. a, a number of ways it has been very popular especially with some of the crox running running
0: in like historic though like not in pioneer
1: no very true very true very true so
0: like uh one thing that's
2: really interesting is that if you have five lands
0: mm-hmm
2: and you cast scoot swarm.
0: And then you play your sixth land, get the trigger, you your opponent your can't land. respond.
2: Yes, your opponent cannot respond yeah with a shock and end your mm-hmm. life because yeah. you'll still make a copy of scoot. Swarm. Yes. Mm-hmm. That that is nothing set,
0: will yeah. cause a trigger to happen. I, I I have played a lot of scoot swarm essentially since Zendikar came out. You guys right. know like all life played outside of limited is scoot swarm.deck. You are the scoot king. For sure, I have, I've, I now see the matrix on what lines we're doing to make the most scoots, the most relevant scoots possible. You know, I just, I am the scoots. Look, I'm not. Nothing's gonna replace the wag. The all blessed be the mighty brush. Wag, almighty brush wag. Right. But scoot swarm is now like the holy spirit. Right. He's up
1: there. Right. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Almighty all brush wag's the father. Scoot swarm's the son. Right. Now we just need the holy spirit. We I don't do. know what that is yet. We'll figure something out.
1: It'll be in the next set and rickiel drafted his first round since you traded your pick to him
0: yeah. maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe siege rhino is the holy spirit maybe right it now. is we're siege just, rhino we're just we're just praying for the holy maybe spirit maybe the rhino but anyway we are. We are. i i i've been i can't go on i can go on and talk forever how much i love were, how fun it is and i swear to the almighty brushwag if they ban it just because their program can't handle the truth that's mm-hmm. it we're shutting everything down
1: we're shutting it down No more, no more, crew three. Scoot
2: swarm. We're gonna rebrand. Funny magic card. I was really hoping because, like, they're like, we're gonna go back to Zendikar and do it right this time, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, so they're gonna make tons of original Zendikar references, and we're gonna we're gonna take a battle for Zendikar and just sweep that like under the rug, right? And just and just punt it out the window. Uh, And so, right? So I was like, I really hope, like, there was this, there's this really funny old, 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 like, deck write-up uh, somebody did for, like, TCG Player, like, years and years and years ago. Uh, and, like, me and my friends, especially in Lubbock, loved it and quoted it all the time. But it was essentially somebody built um, the, like, I the Jund Walkers deck at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they put, like, a one-of Scoot uh, mob, which is the original Scoot Swarm, right, in the deck, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just a tournament write-up where every single like game is just like one two oh uh, like Garrick did his job but Scoop Mob dominates right <laughs> right
1: and right. then it's
2: just like notes on game play more Scoop Mob it's like game two or match two lost didn't see Scoop Mob it should be playing fifty eight Scoop Mob <laughs> right and six lands you know right because uh-huh. you need six lands and it gets one one counters on it yeah yeah uh-huh. it goes big and not just like that through the entire time just Scoop Mob dominates. So I was just really wanting a Scoot Mob card again, right. and they gave it to me. And I'm just a, I'm afraid of it. I don't like it. I don't want it.
1: How dare you? I don't. How dare, how dare you. you say those words? I
2: don't because I know I'm gonna lose to it, and I'm gonna be like, this card is so, this card is so easy to answer. It's a three mana one one that they're gonna play on turn six, and I'm gonna lose to it. And I don't want to lose to it. Uh, it's nothing about the quality of the card. The card is great.
0: I just don't want to lose to it. Yeah, people, unless you really need to, do not play the Scoot Swarm until you can get a token. A, well, a clone token. A token. Right. Yeah, a clone token.
1: Hey, I beat it in limited, actually, which is amazing. My opponent played a Scoot Swarm, played his land, which made him copy it, but didn't have any. It was limited, so he couldn't play any extra lands. Um, and he didn't have roiling, regrowth, or whatever the new thing is. So he played his thing as past his turn. I untapped and drew a uh, into the royal. So I was able to like deal a damage to his original one and bounce the token. And my opponent cried. He lost that game. Jeez.
2: This is, I mean, it's not pack rat, but it's pretty close to pack rat and limited.
1: Oh yeah. Well, the, I think the time that I drafted it, I got five or six wins and I only lost when I didn't see it. Like if I ever saw it because I had, especially because I had ramp, it was just game over.
0: All right, Chris. Well, so those are sweet decks, but Hey, we're back to the regular show. So, Chris, why don't you hit us with the Doesn't Slap? Ladies and gentlemen, strap your seatbelts in for this episode's Doesn't Slap. Ah! All right. Well, thank you for summoning the theme song here. Chris, As I always do. this one's for you, buddy. I I am bringing you from Discord user Minjisku. if you'll forgive us in how I pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Nightmare Rhinos.
1: Yeah, that's it. This is uh another way. Yeah, this is also the story of a girl. This is uh absolutely the way to get to my heart here. Here we have uh all-star card panharmonicon, which I used to make infinite triggers with wizards some time ago. Uh but
0: now we're using that's in, our the, pan-harmonicon. Maybe. That's in the maybe board.
1: Right. Now we're using uh our panharmonicon to
0: We're not we're not, it's in the maybe Board.
1: Oh, it's in the maybe Board. Oh, what? Oh, okay. I like it. Okay, in my version of this deck, we're playing Panharmonic. Okay,
0: well, well, before we get to it, your it, version,
1: it, it. what is the deck? Yeah. Alright, this is Nightmare rhinos We're playing Crested Herdcaller. When it comes into play, we're going to make a 3-3 uh, Dinosaur. Uh, we got got Deathrite Shamans, Elvish Visionaries, Grim Haru Specs. This is a 3-mana three 3-2. Three it morphs. And it says, whenever another non-token creature you control dies, draw a card. That's going to be relevant here in a minute. We're playing Nightmare Shepherd. Another card that I love. This is one, if you guys don't remember, from Theros recently. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, you can exile it. And if you do create a token that's a copy of it, except it's a 1-1 one, one, and it's a nightmare, this is a 4-mana four 4-4 four, four with flying that uh, is also an enchantment. Interestingly enough, it's not legendary. It doesn't really matter because you can't exile the card twice, but, you know, hey, you can have two 4-4 uh, four, four flyers if you want. Ravenous Chupacabra, the namesake of the card, Siege Rhino. Wingmate Rock. This is an older one that you guys might not remember. Wingmate Rock is uh, three colorless, double white for a 3-4 flyer, and it's got Raid, which is it's when it comes into same play. the
2: set as Siege Rhino. What's that? It's from the same set as Siege Rhino.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't see anywhere near as much play as Siege Rhino did.
2: I was just saying, like, this is an older one.
1: <laughs> yeah, well so Siege Rhino, but I'm just saying, like, it's from, right. like, the one of the earliest sets in Pioneer.
2: Keep going. You're good. Yeah, Sorry. thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Don't interrupt me. All Can right. we mute Ricky? Can we mute Ricky real quick? Is that an option? No. All right. The, my producers, up. my producers are telling me no. That's not an option. So we'll just keep going real quick. Uh, so uh, it raids, which is when it comes into play. If you attack with a creature this turn, you make a, a copy, but it's a three-four flyer that comes into play. So, and then whenever it attacks, you gain a life for each attacking creature. Our last creature is Woe Strider. Um, we're gonna play four Thoughtseize and two Growing Ranks, which uh, lets it populate. Uh, growing ranks, mostly going to be there to copy like our Nightmare shepherd triggers, I, I assume. And then we've got 24 lands. So, gentlemen, does this card slap? Does
2: this deck slap? Does
1: this deck slap? You know what I'm saying.
2: So, uh, I'm going to come out and say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to play four Woe Strider if we're going to make this ridiculous deck work. We play three Woe Strider. Do you want the fourth? Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's your only sack outlet, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, And just, geez, Grim Horus Bucks on top of everything happening in this deck. That card just seems so greedy.
0: Yeah, Hear me out, hear me out. Yeah, and I like Deathrite Shaman a lot. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, I'm hearing you out. There's not enough cards in this deck.
2: There's not enough (laughs) cards, okay, that's my, that's my, I patented that. Dang it, excuse me. We
0: can fit a whole. I am the patent, let's go into Companion we could fit a whole 20 more cards in this deck to help us play some more sack outlets so we can get some like priest the forgotten gods in here uh right. we're gonna, we could play 20 more cards we'll throw yorian on there because hey a lot of these creatures have good etb abilities so why not blink them
1: can i rate somebody else's deck suggestions yeah of course i'm gonna rate you stealing my thunder with yorian rhinos a zero right now
0: hold on <laughs> get
1: out of here Get out we of all here!
0: Clear, we all clearly wanted to make this deck, Yorian. I guess. Don't want to make this deck, Yorian. All right. Blasphemy! You,
2: Ricky, again. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make this deck. Yeah. I want to make this deck. Uh, rallying some ancestors.
1: Rallying some ancestors, man. I I don't think that's. I don't think that's or, good enough. Or
2: farrowing some gifts.
1: Yeah, I, I'm down for some for some uh, gifting some pharaohs. I think I think the ways you can take this are Yorian God Pharaoh's gift or like a Panharmonicon, um, mostly because like all of these creatures enter the battlefield. Well, and, but we don't have a lot of sack outlets for our grim power specs so, like either that needs to go um, or, you know, however we want to do this. But
0: well, I, I've picked Yorian, So, Chris, you can have Panharmonicon. No, get out of here.
1: You
2: can, you can have do a Yorian deck. What would you do, Chris? Come on. Well, That's I'm still going to keep the show I mean, moving.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty much that. Like we were going to have the of um, the forgotten gods as uh, a, a way to ramp. Um, we're going to play other enters the battlefield effects. Like honestly, it's going to be more mid range. Like I like a lot of the things that traditional Yorian decks are doing. Like the thing that the enchantment that comes into play and in makes tokens. Yeah, just because like it also scries. Uh, uh, we probably probably get some geese in here. Yeah, I definitely think we can. Get, I definitely think we can get some uh, some geese in here for sure. Uh, we can get maybe even that uh, man. Like you know, if we really wanted to do this, what we could do if we wanted to add more sack outlets and go this way is we could throw yeah, that new up. nightmare apparition thing in there. It's double white, which is you know. I don't know. Oh, the shade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sky Skyclave apparition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, if we're going to go like the nightmare shipper route, why don't we yeah. have any? Uh, stitcher suppliers in here you know well like uh he doesn't feel like what are you talking about nightmare shepherd wrote oh nightmare shepherd's the one that when it has to die it, it has, has to, to die, die yeah mm, yeah. for some reason i was thinking it brings it uh brings yeah. it back yeah makes sense makes well, probably sense. In,
0: in the yori we're probably cutting growing ranks
1: yeah we're definitely oh, cutting yeah. growing ranks definitely um we could also play uh mothra and put more, put on like another sack outlet in here too, and just go to town.
0: Oh my god, unflying! Yeah. Well, well, Mothra gives us double lives because now we can have a Mothra life, and then mm-hmm. when we it ha- already is flying, then we can get it back with Nightmare Shepherd.
1: Yeah, right. So we need more comes into play abilities. I don't like um, Wingmate Rock. I want to cut maybe Grimhair specs. Evolutionary um, probably doesn't make the cut. Neither, and I don't think Crescent is either, just because it's Instead too expensive.
0: Of- Instead of Elvish Visionary... Is you, Elvish what about, Visionary playable? What about Lanor Visionary? Um, the three mana one? Yeah, it's at least like a mana dork. Yeah,
1: like, maybe. Maybe. Um, I, I like the... I like what we're talking about with this Motha version. I just want a couple more good comes into play abilities. Sure. Because, like, we can replace Grim Harrow Spec with, like, Priest of the Forgotten Gods, um, or yeah. some other way to sack creatures.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so it's either... God, there's got to be a good just Abzan enters the play ability.
0: We just play Gary. Hmm. We've got a lot of black pips.
1: Yeah, I think Gary's Gary's a fine play here. Um, In Abzan, there's got to be like either that new Skyclave Apparition card or something like that. Since Mm -hmm. we're going to have some sack outlets where when it comes into play, we can exile something and then sack it with it on the stack. Like that's probably a fine play from the new set. Sure, sure. Like that's that's probably one of the best ones since we're going to increase sack outlets. Yeah, uh, and go that way, but I just think like I think we can replace like Windmate Rock with Mothra, Crested Herd Caller with something. I'm not even sure that I super like Deathrite Shaman over like a, a goose type effects. We,
0: what about uh, the new Black Mythic land? That probably also gets in here too, right?
1: Um. Oh, Kryptovagadine. Yeah, I yeah. think it probably does. Like, in the off chance, like, you get the seven, you get, like, Rhino plus, you know, Woe Strider plus whatever, or something like that, or Nightmare Shepherd plus whatever. So I think that's yeah. what we're missing from the stack, is, like, a couple clutch comes into play abilities, um, whether yeah. or not that's even, like, maybe it's even Tireless Tracker. I don't know. Um, that's not... That's not a really ETB. One. No, for sure. It's just a good card to get back.
0: Yeah, we also probably need some early removal besides Ravenous Chupacabra.
1: True, I like I like Chupacabra actually. I really do want. No, to No, Chupacabra is good. But I'm just mm-hmm. saying,
0: like, we probably need some fatal push or some trophies or some uh, abrupt decays. Yeah,
1: I'm fine with maybe playing a couple of those. I don't think we need to get necessarily too crazy because, again, like we are going to be like more of a creature based deck. But for sure, you could definitely consider something like that. So, like, I don't know what the exact comes and playabilities are yet. We tend to look at these live. Maybe we should look at these a little more. Before we go into this, because like I don't, I can't think of a great comes into playability. Well, but this, hey,
0: this this was an audible like right before.
1: Oh, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But hey, you know what? If you're in our Discord, go ahead and tell us some sweet absand comes into play abilities you want to see, because that's what I want to see this deck look like. So like, I want to see it like Goose Nightmare Shepherd Mothra Ravenous Chupacabra. If, if we Rhino. go the
0: Yorian route, we could play like Raven uh-huh. Inspector. Yeah, absolutely, for sure.
1: I think the Yorian route's pretty similar. The reason I like the Yurian route is like the siege Rhino becomes more of a like a funsies like solemn investment for our mana uh-huh. and like it's it's hard to deal with and like we can play more of a traditional shells like we don't have to worry as much about like you know going all in on the creatures or having too many creatures out of removal like we can still play a lot of the best removal that green black gets mm-hmm. and have just like a, a fun ETB effects with the enchantments um things like that so like i i like that shell for uh, siege rhino because you can make it more of like almost like a you know an abzan yorian which is going to be you know not too different from like an esper or something like that obviously blue is pretty good because of the two mana enchantment that draws you a card but you can make some concessions get some sweet black cards or sorry get some sweet green cards um
0: well, and I don't. Way. I don't think by going Yorian, I feel like when you're talking about going Yorian, you're kind of just entirely getting rid of like the sack. Something that's at least the, the feeling I'm getting from how you're describing this. I'm just thinking Yorian mm-hmm. lets us have yeah. more sack outlets that we don't have, to, like sure. can get more out of the ETBs and get more sack outlets in, so we can have fuel for the Nightmare Shepherd. Sure. Is it yeah. my turn? Yeah, go ahead. All right, we're
2: getting rid of Crested Herd Caller. We're getting right. rid of Deathright Shaman. Um. I like Visionary, but I'm going to cut it. Um, we're going to leave Grim Horsebox, uh, Nightmare Shepherd, Chupacabra, Rhino, cut the Wingmate Rock, go to four Woe Strider. I also want uh, two Nintaku Shade. Okay. All right. Is that card legal? Did you verify that? It's in Origins. Okay, there we go. Uh, sorry, Nintaku Husk. Husk. Let's do husk. Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, I want Gooses instead of Deathrite Shamans. Right. I want uh, Some people the, call them geese, but yeah. The two mana one one vampire that comes into play and we lose a life we draw a card.
1: Yeah, instead sure. Instead of Elvis Visionary. Right, sure.
2: I want four Mogus Marauders. Ooh, okay.
1: Yeah.
2: Mogus Marauders, for those who are unaware, oh, oh. is is a three mana two two. When it comes into play, you can target X creatures where X is your black devotion. Those creatures gain... Uh, intimidate and haste until end of turn. I want four Agadim's Awakening and I want four Rally of the Ancestors. Gotcha. Like the Rally of the Ancestors plays we can make in this deck at Rally for four mm-hmm. is like absolutely insane. And maybe we need to play one more mana creature. Maybe Death Rite I don't know if it's Death Rite, It's definitely maybe another mana creature, but Goose gives us more colors of mana, which is important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, But like when. We if we get into play like a a husk or a woe strider like a sack outlet plus the demon plus a rhino and like a mogus marauder we can swing in for a bunch of intimidate damage with haste mm-hmm. and then we can sack our whole board away to our sack outlet which will cause woe strider to trigger and the creatures do go back to the graveyard they only get exiled if they're still in play um on our on our next turn for one mm-hmm. of the ancestors so if we sack them all to a sack outlet. We can then exile them with the with the Nightmare Shepherd to make 1-1s one of them. So we could then sack everything back again and and re trigger everything. Now we could play Gary, but I think that Pioneer is too fast. So trying to aim for like a rally for five is a lot harder than rallying for four. And I think Abigailem Awakening does a good rally backup plan. Like if it just gets like a goose, like Zealot, uh Rhino, and a uh, and a Mogus Marauder or mm-hmm. like Chupacabra or Nightmare Shepherd for the four drop slot. Like if it gets us like a one through four or a one through three, I think that card is fine value and we can just play it as a land if not. Yeah. Um, so that's what I like here. Um, also on that same level, Thought Thoughtseize is pretty good, um, but we could be playing like Sin Collector instead if we wanted to, just to make it more creatures. Sure. And uh, I want to play two of, the greatest move in all of sports entertainment history, Night Howler, the people's elbow. Ricky, you just went and just dug up our old <laughs> rally
0: deck list, didn't
2: you? I did. I did. Um, Night Howler is oh man, is Night Howler a card? Look, uh, for, we,
0: Ricky and I put a lot of Night Howlers on some rhinos. It's dropping the people's elbows. And uh, it's a uh, man, just dropping the people's
2: elbow. Like siege rhino, let's use that trample. You know, yeah, right. Let's give you a night howler and get in there you know uh but it's a three mana black black which is important because of our mogus marauder uh just two things haste intimidate Mm. uh but he's got power equal to the number of creatures in our graveyard so not very good when we rally but pretty good when we Agademes. and i would play um four gather the pack in this deck
1: sure oh interesting
2: yeah
1: so to recap, I think you've got options with a Yorian version, uh, uh route of the ancestors. I kind of like the the Ruckman version of uh, just throwing in. I guess I suggested Mothra, but going that route and making the changes that some of the changes that Ruckman suggested there. Um, I think you could also go like a Mill version, ditch the Shepherd, play Scoot Mob, and play like a Green Black almost. With Scoot Mob, Rhinos, things like that. and Swarm. Agadim, uh, Awakening to, like, get your value there with, like, some Ramp stuff. Because, like, I think Ramp plus... Yeah, I think Scoot more Swarm. Because I think Agadem's Awakening plus Ramp is going to be a player and Pioneer at some point here. So, all right, slap ratings. I am going to give this deck a 4 out of 5. The uh, Siege Rhino Power to Toughness Ratio. Uh,
2: I'm going to give this deck a... Uh, maybe Board... Out of seven. uh, (laughs) But it's definitely got the heart. So, uh, you know, maybe board is like, I don't know, it's like a seven out of ten.
0: There you go. Brock, what about you? I'm going to give this a, uh, let's say, a 54 out of 69, which if you watch the stream that happened right before this, was how the damage of all the Scoot Swarm tokens that we hit opponent for... On the stream right before we recorded this, yeah, fair enough. We I had, just, I just, I just had to brag that we had exactly sixty nine power. Yeah, of attacking scoot swarms.
1: Yeah, it's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. We so. we scooted them.
0: Yeah, uh, but this deck suite, obviously, you know, people people hear Chris talking about wanting to play the Rhino, and they're they're trying to give it to you, buddy.
1: People know, people are coming to the church of the Rhino. They're showing up. They want the Rhinos to roam oh, yeah. free and pioneer, and and I'm loving it. I'm glad we've got such amazing. Uh, uh, such an amazing community support in the rhinos.
0: The, the the wag, the swarm, and the holy rhino.
1: That's right.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you guys! If you start a church, I quit. <laughs> if you, you guys, here we're
1: having church. we're having auditions for a crew three co host <laughs> spot next week.
0: <laughs> the the first test is if you can survive drinking the Kool Aid. That's no, right. No 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 no. Anyway, guys. Thank you all for joining me this week, Chris and Ricky. Uh, You can go ahead and find me over on our official Twitter at Crew3Podcast. Be sure to check out our top five Pioneer cards of Zendikar Rising if you already have not up on our YouTube at Crew3MTG. We're streaming a couple times a week on Twitch over at Crew3MTG there. You can find Chris on Twitter at... It's underscore Christmas. You can find Ricky at... At also Steve... And, of course, if you can, please think about supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. We have monthly mailings for our top tiers, and we have extra content going out, uh, like such as a little behind-the-scenes video of Ricky and I's degeneracy and trying to find basic lands. Uh, Also, of course, our discussions and debate and making that top five list, which you can go see on YouTube right now. And, yeah, just a lot of fun. It helps us keep the show going on. Well, thank you all for joining me. Thank you all for listening. Rick Hope Rutland. you all have a wonderful week. What's up?
1: Real quick, I have. I just want to let the people know, shipped, shipping to my house right now, an order, a sizable order of foil promo siege rhinos to go out to our patrons. So in case that changes your mind, you know. Oh wow! In the cart, in it, it's oh, it's been shipped.
0: There, there is going to be a mailing between uh, this month's mailing and your mailing because you are going to be November. Right. Uh, I currently have October. Ricky's going to take December. Um, so we have time. Like I said, so this first month is sort of all of us representing the group. Uh, we'll probably do some all of us months here and there. Uh, but going forward, we're going to have sort of a rotation of who does which month. I'll be doing October. Uh, we got. I got some spooky Halloween plans for those cards. Obviously, Chris is trying to tempt you guys with some promo rhinos. And I'm sure Ricky's got something up his sleeve. There so we we'll so look forward to those if you sign up for that Patreon tier and get into the Olive Garden, sorry, the OG social. We don't want to say the <laughs> actual word. Until they pay us, then we'll say it all and, they want. And, and then go. we'll say it all they want. We will shill till the day is over.
1: There you go. Alright, <laughs> all that's all.
0: We'll talk to you all next time. Bye. 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 Bye.